Hey everybody, Pete Woods here for Boulder Climbing. Today I'm hanging out with Stacy Weldon. Stacy Weldon, if you know, is a longtime competitor, member of the climbing community in Calgary, super influential, super successful. If you don't know, I just told you. So, uh, very successful junior climber, has been climbing for as long as I can remember. And I think, Stacy, I think we've known each other maybe 20 years. Probably, yeah. Probably something like that. So, I had the privilege of coaching Stacy when she was a junior. Uh, watching her compete at Worlds and then watching that climbing career take off. Um, but what we're doing here is interviews and conversations about climbing that are more than just those competitions, those competition results. So obviously I want to talk a little bit about it because I do think it's interesting. I think you're a very successful climber, but I am equally interested in what's going on now in your life and what you're doing and the things you're doing for the CEC. So we're going to go on a bit of a chat and a bit of a conversation. And um, I am going to start off by saying that when I first met you, um, you were a climber on the junior team at the CCC. And yeah. I was lucky enough to coach you. I think you were very coachable and was like, you know those moments where you think maybe I don't wanna be a coach anymore. And then you have one or two people and definitely um, you and your sister and a couple of others were the, the people that made me think, you know what, I could keep doing this. So. No, that's cool, thanks. How did climbing come to you? I know your whole family's been climbing for a long time. How did you get into I want to climb more. Oh man, my first climbing memory um, was during gymnastics class at the University of Calgary. Have you been to that um, dingy basement wall they have like back in the day yeah, when it was just- That's so gnarly. It was just cement and then like two by fours with sandpaper on the wall. That was my first climbing experience and I was like, this is way more fun than gymnastics. So to everybody that first time experiences was the CDC Boulder Climbing, I don't know, the Minneapolis Bouldering Project, picture, visually picture what Stacy is describing to you and think. It's still there. You can go see it. You can go see it. And if, if that inspires you to become a climber, man, it's in your blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my older brother started first. Um, when he started climbing, the only gym in town was the like rope gym at the UFC and he had to be 12. So he started there. And then when the CCC opened, um, it's kind of just like a wave of weldings. <laughs> that's very, that's pretty accurate actually. <laughs> One after another, after another, after yeah. another. Yeah. I mean, people just know the weldings. You just like, that's what, that's what you did and you knew and they, everyone traveled together and there was, you know, somebody always counting the number of people, but not always necessarily counting shoes and chalk bags. And I've seen like, the entire arc of, you know, emotion and success and, and lack of success due to all yeah. kinds of other things, basically from everybody in your family. And I don't know that everybody has ever experienced, like if I think about all the people I know that have slightly larger families that did sports, um, I don't think I know anybody that played on the same team as maybe more than one of their siblings let alone in the same arena. And obviously, I mean, some of you are on the same team, but the time gap sort of split things. Yeah. How did you guys stay sane? I mean, I think I know some of those things. And I think I know some <laughs> of those things because I have been like at the dinner table and in the car and all those things. So without my privilege of knowing, how did you guys stay sane? I mean, I don't know. I think uh, sane is maybe a strong word, but it was just normal. It was just what we did. I don't know. Every weekend was like hop in the van and going somewhere. 
Because <laughs> you guys generally got along. Like, obviously, you fought like siblings fight, but yeah. you, you were generally very supportive of each other and very, very good at, at picking each other up and moving each other along in the, the arc of the sport. Yeah, yeah, and now we're all really, really close, which is awesome. Which is amazing. And uh, what's the pressure difference like? I'm just curious between the Youth World Championships and your first World Cup. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it, it was a big difference. It was such a big change. I mean, there's that whole idea of like, hey, this is like an adult World Cup. I think Vail, I don't remember what year, 2008 maybe was my first World Cup. Um, and it was kind of like no expectations, no pressure, because it was something so new. Um, so I don't know if the, the pressure was that much bigger. Um, definitely going from youth to open. Um, I didn't have a coach as an open athlete. There wasn't a lot of open competitors in the country, especially competing at World Cups. So that was a big change um, to go from having a coach my whole life to just being on my own and doing my own thing. And that's interesting that you say that because the now we're trying harder and harder and harder to have more support for our open athletes. And for a long time, uh, our competitive scene was centered on the youth because we didn't have very many open athletes. So there wasn't anything to put resources for. And we didn't do that sort of build the infrastructure and wait for the athletes to come. We waited till we had this critical mass of athletes and then went, oh, we should maybe do something about it. So you're right. Basically take a couple of people or in some instances, one person and tell them, sure, you can go. <laughs> and basically just sort of usher you out the door to a foreign country to go and climb a World Cup. And it must be very, very difficult to handle the logistics, the nuance, the pressure, the comp itself, all of those things without having a coaching support. And as you say, having gone through the youth, um, but you still managed to be successful. There's something in you that gave you that spark or that fire to say. Yeah, and I don't think I realized that it wasn't perfect until maybe now. Um, <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person that loves to travel alone, to meet new people, to just kind of like wander. So, um, and I do have a background in like human kinetics. I did a two-year diploma in Vancouver, so I did have some background, but it is hard to coach yourself because you tend to just gravitate towards things that you're good at. <laughs> and it's hard to talk yourself out of a slump, like anybody that's had, yeah. especially if you're talking about going on route comps or where you know, there's more than one day and the easy thing to do is to just sort of crater out. The hard thing to do is to have an actual positive look at your own, um, but climbing what you've been doing and, and not have yeah. someone to say, actually, no, this was good. This was good. This was good. Instead, you just sort of look at your result and go, wow, that was terrible. Why am I here? You know? So if you can, and you obviously had a, you know, there's a part of your personality that, that lets you be successful in that environment. I think, you know, we needed people that were the right people in the right place at the right time, not just the, in the right place at the right time, but the right kind of men mental state and the right drive to to be a competitive climber to have sort of bridged what was no competitive open climbers to now we have a fairly healthy functioning structure. Yeah. I never had any support I mean I don't think there's any world cups I was at by myself I always had um, teammates um, we sometimes had a, a team manager and 
Um, you know, people like Sean McCall are amazing at um, kind of being this support member and giving you feedback and stuff while at World Cup. So, there's no, yeah, you're alone alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you go from competitive climber to competitive climber to school, and now you're a nurse. Yes. And then you're back. So, I want to go a little bit. Um, so, now you're the CEC athlete rep. Um, and this is the first time I believe that the CC has elected an athlete into that yep. position. So Sean was sort of a holding position. And then um, did we elect you? Because I don't know the details. Did we elect you or did the CC board? Yeah, so Sean created the program because he he's the athlete rep for the IFSE. And he wanted to bring that to Canada. And he'd kind of mentioned to me a few times that I should maybe think about doing it. Yeah, and then when Sean did kind of make the proposal and bring it to um the cec they then um, appointed him onto the board um and so he finished out that year um it was three two or two and a half years ago now um and then at the boulder um, open boulder nationals in mississauga is that a thing that uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah mississauga <laughs> Is that play? Um, it doesn't sound, it sounds made up. <laughs> yeah, this is Saga. We had a, a vote, and so the athletes voted for me. I mean, I was the only one running, but we still held a vote just for process and just to raise some awareness, so. It's the classic joke. It's like, whew, it was yeah. close, but I pulled it out. Yeah, voted for you. <laughs> so how has it been being on the other side? So you were a youth climber and you were a recipient of the program such as it was at the time mm -hmm. and now you have that CEC insight and being the athlete rep is I think a, a really really important position I think it's very very good um, I sat on the Alberta board for a, a little while and it's definitely you look and think okay so who are we making these decisions for? Like what level of person is being represented and where are all the voices and what's the consistency? So I absolutely think it's an, a great, great, great decision. So now you're on the other side of the development of the talent. Um, what's it like just from that, um, I guess the change in approach, you're still a climber, yep. but now your competitive side of climbing is focused on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, first of all, I think for me personally, it was um, a really important step because um, when I stopped competing, it was really hard. Like it was just like an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. I'd been competing and climbing at a high level for like 20 years. Um, I very quickly lost most of my sponsors. Mm -hmm. um, I was injured and I was just like, pretty bummed <laughs> right you sort of stack those things together and it's it's no small task to, to decide to walk just because you're not getting paid them 100 million dollars a year doesn't mean it's hard to walk away from competitive sports yeah so that was really hard so staying involved um was a big big thing for me i think it really helped me kind of get through that um yeah i, I probably depression um or like like lack of identity and just staying yeah staying involved and I, mean, I feel the same thing and I was obviously never nearly as successful as you were but I was a competitive climber for like probably 25 years and you know the the thing that I really found interesting was saying okay I do want to do more I want to stay involved 
mm-hmm. that looked like. So I tried the board out. I didn't like it. Um, and I coached for a while and thought it was great. And then you like, having something that keeps you around the sport that gave you life for so long is yeah. so important. Um, and I'm lucky enough to be able to do the commentary and be able to host comps. And that puts me right in the middle of it. But what, what advice would you give to somebody who has been competing and enjoying themselves and is looking for that? I don't know that I do enough other things, but I don't like competing or I'm getting injured or somebody who's sort of in that middle range, like the, the average person that competes for fun eventually yeah. stops. And I mean, I think climbing's unique in that you can, you can keep climbing um, and, not, and not competitively. You can climb outside and have the same kind of like goals and drive and um, experiences and community. Um, whereas some of these like specialty sports like bobsled or ski jumping, stuff like that, um, I think it's, it's a lot harder for those athletes to make that transition because you can't just like, bobsled recreationally <laughs> i mean imagine the length of the waiver you'd have to sign to bobsled <laughs> like just sort of at the local bobsled track and i think we almost overlooked that um you can just go to the gym like obviously the competitions are you know a fuel or something to train for but there's lots of places to find goals or set goals in the climbing community and just being able to stay involved in that way is something that you almost overlook it because it's yeah. the, the answer. You're like, well, just go climbing. You're like, well, I don't, I don't like climbing. I like competing. So you gotta, you know, find a way around that. Yeah. For me too, this summer, well, I don't know if we'll be climbing much this summer, but um, you know, I've, I'm really psyched on like trad climbing and learning the, the ropes of, of more like big wall stuff and just that cerebral, something different like you're still climbing maybe not super hard but using your brain in a different way but still getting outside and moving up yeah, what you're looking for is fear you're using your brain in a way <laughs> fear yeah. attached to it is that, is yeah. that what we're maybe getting yeah, into yeah. yeah um that's really cool uh, i didn't know that that's something that you were considering getting into because um i mean a lot of people that are spending their time being you know that much effort in, in gyms and sport climbing and bouldering you generally don't think about that aspect which yeah. is obviously a huge piece of the climbing community is, is going out tri climbing and we're lucky yeah. enough to live in Bow valley where there's lots of good and lots of sort of sketchy <laughs> <laughs> but still fun days out so you're uh, it's a really cool i mean it's not even a transition we say i was going to say transition even though i shouldn't because it, it's all yeah. very good at grabbing holds and moving upwards it's just a it's a different mechanism so different angle of the sport so that's pretty cool that's and that's something you look forward to yeah yeah i spent a couple weeks in moab uh in november um trying my hand at crack climbing as it were yeah god i got my butt kicked i actually found the like really thin like 12s easier than the like five nine i fell off every five nine that i got on (laughs) it's amazing I didn't lead anything hard, but. Right. But th- there's something in that where you're like, I just want to get in and crimp something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where the holes, but it's just smooth. <laughs> Everything is just like, yeah. like the worst case scenario for the rest of us. Yeah. Dude, that's really cool. I think that'll be, that's, that'll be really fun. And that's something that's been on the, in the back of my mind for years too, is like, at what point do I say, okay, I'm going to go out and, and climb, you know, 25 pitches of something. 
know, and spend that kind of day outside. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, there's just so many like avenues in climbing. Okay. You never get and bored. you also, I know you see a bunch. Uh, I know you ride mountain bikes around. So those things help too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I love mountain biking and there's so many different things that I love doing that I, uh, I never did them when I was competing just for fear of getting injured or like, oh, I don't have time because I'm to train. So that kind of realization, it took a while, but that realization of like, I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> I don't have to worry about having an extra whatever plate of food or you kind of start to obsess about that kind of stuff when you're competing, like training and eating. And Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I remember when, um, when I was coaching you, you were wrestling. Oh, yeah. You... <laughs> And you had to make a decision or you didn't have to, but you did make a decision because there is only so much time and mental energy um, and physical stress that you can put on yourself when you're that age and, you know, climbing one out. And I mean, who's to say that you wouldn't have gone on to be like a collegiate level wrestler because you are a gifted athlete and those things are easier for people that are very good at multiple sports, but it's hard to quit a sport. I mean, you, right. It's hard to quit a sport when you're a kid. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, and it's just community of it too, right? You make friends, and especially at that age. Yeah, and people, I think if we'd been on the other side of that and you'd chosen wrestling, people would have looked around and been like, where's, didn't, where did Stacey quit? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, would ask those questions. And that is that we very quickly develop that community, that family mindset. And, you know, when you travel together and when you compete together, and then, you know, when, especially in the era that you competed and, the same yeah. and have, we didn't like separate age categories right so you'd have everybody in iso and you'd go out one at a time you got to like pick your song that you yep. to, and it would take like eight hours <laughs> to get through, get through but this place where you were around everybody all yeah. the time right yeah, and it's, it's, yeah it's, it's still a really tight-knit community but i think yeah like 15 years ago it was like Cause there's only what, like 50 of us competing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And we, we just took over a gym and filled it up and, you know, and we did it, you know, almost every weekend through the winter. So it's uh, that togetherness and that mindset where everybody's out to do the same thing. We're all trying to get to the same place. Everybody's trying to win, but it was the community. I don't think that's the thing I've seen change. It hasn't changed in, in all those years is that. Mm -hmm. Just, awesome i love it exactly is that everybody wants to see everyone else succeed and whether it's your close friend or just it almost gets the better of you when you're watching someone climb on the route that you came off of there's that little bit of your brain is like oh my god i really want to win but you start to find yourself getting excited yeah. for and that's unique to climbing and i think it's it either speaks to the personalities that brought it in or at least you know the personalities continue to have that effect on it and I'm curious how much interaction you have with individual climbers in your role. So what kind of things are you involved with? Um, so I work a lot with our high performance director. Um, so we, um, a lot of the like policies and programs and stuff that they put out, um, me along with the rest of the athletes commission. So we have a boulder rep, speed rep and lead rep. We try and meet once a month, um, and we'll give feedback um, on these policies and programs and stuff just to kind of make sure they um, fit what the, the athletes think should be going on, which, cause, and they listen to us, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. That is awesome. 
Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, we have a really good relationship with our high performance director. Um, we have a new ED and uh, she's super psyched, uh, Christiane, on the, the Athletes Commission too. So looking forward to developing that relationship. Um, but yeah, I deal a lot with, um, mostly with the Athletes Commission. And then I'm not on the ground as much as the, the athlete, um, the other athlete reps. So they're kind of like, they're still competing. They're still in the scene, getting feedback from people. Um, so I get a lot of feedback from them about what's going on and what people are kind of unhappy with and then try and kind of gather that all together and bring it to the, to Andrew or HPD and uh, to the board just to, yeah, kind of close that gap of like athletes board. There is, there's a gap. There's sort of a, almost like the, shouting into the abyss so you're like okay so i put my complaint in the complaint jar um, and i put the same complaint in the complaint jar for six years in a row and it feels like no one's even reading them so now you have this okay if you're really serious about something that you want to change then put together an articulate reason mm -hmm. or something you want to have talk to your athlete rep and then they bring that up and then, then you get a voice and i guess you know, I'm assuming part of your role is sort of that strategic level. Okay. Are there a few sort of one-offs every now and then, but is there a consistency that people yeah. are saying, this isn't working or this is, we don't like, and then you're saying, okay, the, the things that are either consistent or very serious are the things that, you know, that actually need change. And sometimes, you know, we do need to see that we're, we haven't, we, it's not like we got it right once and we just sit mm -hmm. back and have to yeah. be able to realize that there's change to be made. Yeah. And I think um, like I've, I've talked with a lot of athlete reps from other um, sports. And I think that in climbing, we are very lucky. The board is very supportive of um, the, the athletes. They understand that like, <laughs> they're the only reason that the board exists is, right, athletes. <laughs> it, and you're, it's a funny that you, you said it. Yeah. Because it's almost like the board's like, we'd be here regardless. And like, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What would you do? <laughs> what would you actually do? I mean, they'd find something. They'd find something to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, a, there's an organization um, called Athletes Can. Um, but basically, it's just as a support network um, for athlete reps in, um, for all of Canada. So I've learned a ton from them. They have a big forum every year in September where they just bring all the athlete reps together and just try and teach them about like the bureaucratic side of things but then also just like how to interact with your athletes and what should you be doing and how can you yeah make change and and it's not just too about like complaints and stuff which sometimes I feel like I become the complaint. Oh, that's where we immediately go to is like man we're just fed up it's like there's some positive feedback yeah um but it's also just like trying to I don't know, um, just be like an open ear for people or just be in a safe place to come if people are unsure about things like approaching the board can maybe be a little bit intimidating. Uh, shouldn't be, but it is. Um, and I know that feeling. So just being kind of that middleman to, for people to be like, hey, I've got this thing and I don't know who to talk to. Um, and just being able to like point people in the right direction or just give them some feedback. And, that's great. And I think you're um, absolutely the right person for the job. Um, just, I mean, I think you're just a, a very thoughtful 
um, very compassionate person. And I think that people, you know, should know that, that this is the person that's representing them um, isn't somebody who's like, yeah, I guess I'll take a spot on the board for, you know, the huge salary they gave me. Um, yeah. that, <laughs> like, hey, it's paying my mortgage. It's not. It's something yeah. that you chose to do because, um, you know, your the ability to give back to a sport and stay involved is, um, is amazing. And it's about the growth. And I had uh, a conversation with Luigi uh, a little while ago, and he was making like a huge point about how important it is that we, we don't like, keep it for ourselves or, or trying to hang on to an era that we yeah. look for the next generation and support them to be more successful than we were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming you've seen some pretty interesting changes just from when you were going to World Cups to sort of that that space in which we've grown and now you're part of building that team that's sending people to World Cups. And I mean, would you, without being too much of the in a perfect world, do yeah. you think you would have had a different or stayed in the sport longer if you had, if you fast forwarded everything 15 years and you were now sort of at your peak as an open level climber? Um. I don't know. That's tough. It's a tough one for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just going to skirt around it. Yeah. Um, but maybe that speaks a little bit about you as and who you are as a personality, because as you were saying that you were okay with the environment that you were thrown into because you actually liked it and maybe you, you thrived on it more than you would have in, you know, a whole pile of structure where someone's saying, Hey, you, and you're like, Oh my goodness, I just want to go to the market. I want to hang out and then I'll go to bed on time. I promise. And I'll get up tomorrow when I'll crush it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually just that, like speaking about structure, I think, um, like having more structure in the like Canadian scene when I was competing might've been a good thing for me. Cause before it was just like, Oh, you make like top 20 at nationals. And if you have money, you can go to whatever comps you want. Like the, like the protocols and stuff that are now in place, like you, you need to be performing all the time. It might've been a good motivator for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. interesting is we have changed quite a bit in that way. And um, I think we've done the right thing. I've had, I think an endless number of conversations over the last handful of years, getting that, are we doing you know, how are we choosing our athletes? And I know I'm very opinionated about it. And if you've ever watched the live stream that I'm on, I will bring it up because I think it's important that we are putting out uh, a national program that is built for success and not built for tourism. And there was this idea that it was, as you say, um, you can go like at full stop. Like, yeah. You're allowed to go. We'll give you a jersey. Um, you know, we'll sign your document. You can buy your jersey. Yeah. Sure, you're right. You can buy your jersey, but we'll let you buy one. And then we'll sign your documents. And we'll yes, there's been so much progress. And I think, yeah, obviously not all of it has been perfect, but um, a few next. things have gone along the way, have gone right. And um, I think it's cool that you get to be a part of that growth. And I think that we're in good hands. I absolutely, truly believe that. Um, I see, I mean, I always see lots of cool things coming from you. I saw you were um, part of the panel for She Summits. What was yeah, that? that was cool. Um, yeah, it's this um, just amazing organization that's putting together this uh, video series. And I mean, obviously they've had to stop um, now with um, no gatherings, but they're doing a lot of online um, stuff that's been super cool. So check them out. It's just about 
um, just elevating women in our community and just in sports in general. And they've got a lot of really um, great short films that they've been um, showing, kind of like little film series. So yeah, it was fun. I haven't, uh, I used to do a lot of public speaking, um, maybe in my, in my 20s and I haven't in a long time. So that was the first one in a while. And I was like, oh, I need to do this more, it's fun. <laughs> Fired up. Um, and they, did they approach you? Do they have like a, a membership? How does that organization work? Um, it was actually, I think my sister um, was involved in the one in, in Squamish that's supposed to be happening in the future. Um, and they were asking about people in Calgary. So yeah, my sister kind of gave, gave them my name. That's the Weldon way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know if you know this, but your mom brought cookies to nationals when it was in Calgary last year. She brings cookies up everywhere. <laughs> but there's not a child left competing at nationals. No, I know. Um, not I even know. involved. And there's this Tupperware yeah. with a sticker that says, good luck, everyone. Enjoy a cookie. The yeah. Weldon's. And I was like, I have a photo of it on my phone. I'm like, what? Yeah. If I'm ever going to a comp, if, even if it's like in Montreal, she'll be like, wait, 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 let me give you a bag of cookies. <laughs> and there's this, it brings to mind this thought that there's an endless supply of cookies in your house. More or less. <laughs> More or less, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. It was pretty good. There was always like, there's always that the feeling somewhere. of being welcome um, by, you know, not just cookies, but that um, I use it as a metaphor for how thoughtful the environment that you grew up in at home, let alone in the climate community. And I think that you've managed to bring that uh, and it sort of exude. I think everybody has, I think all of your siblings have, I think um, Chris, Mike and Vicky are all, you know, really just wonderful, positive people. And I think we're lucky that we had this era um, of the Weldons that sort of swept through Canadian climbing. And, you know, it would be wrong to think that you didn't make a difference, that you didn't have active change. And especially now, um, that you're involved in in having a, a voice into the ear that's making the change and, and you know i think it's awesome so you know thanks congratulations to you um <laughs> and i want to talk a little bit about now because now you're a nurse um yeah and you which is i think a wonderful thing as well and i think it, it's exactly the same trend is that you picked a career path in which you're absolutely dedicated to helping other people so a crazy time to be a nurse but yeah. uh, how's it been in general? Sort of the whole arc of I'm going to go and this is what my career is going to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think nursing is an awesome job for climbers because um, the, the schedule is so flexible. There's work all around the world. Um, in times like these, you have job security. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Climbing definitely made me a better nurse. Um, just that ability to focus under pressure and um, to be able to stay, yeah, just to stay calm in crazy situations. And I've really been able to, to draw on my mental training from climbing and bring it into the nursing world. And I do work in the emergency room, so things can get <laughs> pretty bonkers. Pretty hairy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been at it now? Like full time, like out of school working as a nurse? Um, so I, f I graduated in 2011 and then I dedicated the next couple of years to climbing in World Cups. Um, so I just worked, it was kind of perfect. I worked casually as a nurse. So when I was in Canada, I was based out of Canmore. I would just pick up shifts and train 
and um, then I could just take off <laughs> and go compete. Um, and then I went back to school and did a specialty course in emergency nursing and then did my um, practicum for that at the Foothills Emergency, which is where I now, now work. Yeah, it's the, yeah, we're like the trauma center, stroke center, cardiac center for Southern Alberta. So, so you're getting all that experience. Is there, is there more that you want to do in, in that arena? Like, do you want to be a surgeon or a doctor, or you know, is nursing where it's at? Um, no, I'm pretty pretty stoked. Like, uh, the thought of going, <laughs> I have thought a few times of like, oh, I could maybe go to med school, but. Um, I don't think it's actually what I would would want to do. I like the the schedule that I have right now, the work that I'm doing. I love it. Um, and I thought of going back to school for like six years. Is <laughs> like mm, it's no a thanks. bit daunting, hey? Like, yeah. why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, and there's so many things you can do with nursing. Like, I've um, one of the things that I thought about doing in the future is maybe some travel nursing in BC. There's lots of um, short contracts you can go. Um, Bella Coola is a place I'd be interested in cool. in checking out. There's like some some <clears throat> fantastic looking granite up there that's being developed. Um. <laughs> I you could say there's a fantastic hospital. I truly that's where my mom was. Oh, she's into it now. And I was talking about like where what hospitals do I want to work in? And you're like you the climbing brain is still 100 percent intact. <laughs> um, so yeah. No, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm stoked on being a nurse. And, and even if I get uh, burnt out doing what I'm doing now, which I truly believe will happen in the next like five to 10 years, um, there's like going to teaching or research or any number of um, public health. So there's just, yeah, so many options. It's great. The future is bright. Well, they're lucky to have you um, as we were. We were lucky to have you and, uh, and we still are. And before we go, I have... Um, I have some questions. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to ask everybody that I interview through this whole series are, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to know people. It's, we're talking about climbing. Okay. And these are mostly unrelated to climbing. And they are, don't overthink them. Okay. They are little one shots. Okay. okay, you ready? Yep. What sport are you the best at besides climbing? Um, mountain biking. Okay. Skiing. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Final answer? Mountain biking. Mountain biking. It's in the book. Uh, would you rather go climbing in the desert or in the mountains? Mountains. I mean, it's backyard, right? Desert's pretty great, but yeah, mountains are just gorgeous. Okay. What's your favorite thing to cook for yourself? Breakfast. Nice. Uh, what is an odd fact about you that we probably don't know? Oh, geez. Maybe uh, I'm messy. <laughs> really? I actually wouldn't have expected that. I go through waves of like, <laughs> not like dirty, but just like. But messy. Buttered. <laughs> That's fair. I'll give it to you. Um, what's the favorite place that you visited sort of in for any reason um one of my favorite trips um was after so i was coaching at the um, youth world cup in ecuador a long time like 2007 maybe. No, you can't because that mean if that's 
I, I can't be that old. So it's <laughs> call it five years ago. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll be good. Um, there's this place. It's I'm pretty sure, unfortunately, it's closed now because people didn't um, respect it. But there's this place in Argentina, just north of Berloche, called Vache Encantado, the Enchanted Valley. And it's just this amazing sport climbing. You take the bus like 45 minutes north of town and then you'd have to like wave across the river and someone would like bring a dinghy over and take you to the little beach on the other side. And everyone was just like camped on this little beach. We get up in the morning, go climbing and then have a little siesta, jump in the river and then go climbing again from like 8 p.m. till midnight. That and sounds amazing. And the climbing was like pretty fantastic. But yeah, I think it was on private land and they kind of like put up with having a couple of climbers there. But when the hordes showed up and people were throwing toilet paper everywhere, it got shut down pretty quick. Yeah, that's, and yeah, so there's a lesson in there. Mm -hmm. Take care of your land. Manage your access. Okay. Um, rain or snow? Snow. What is something that you are super psyched on right now? Uh, I have been <laughs> in my <laughs> confinement making earrings that I'm like super psyched on. Whoop, ways, ways of my camera there. There you go. Ta-da. Dude, that's cool. Yes. Well, the earrings. <laughs> we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out for the Etsy shop. Yeah. <laughs> my side hustle. That's good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, what is your go-to boredom breaker? Boredom breaker. Uh, probably Netflix. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been playing Zelda, which What? Is, yeah. Like original <laughs> Zelda? Yeah, like Super Nintendo original. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's an odd fact about you. Oh, there you go. You're I playing know. Zelda. <laughs> yeah. For the record. It's okay that they can come to you later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather be the driver or the passenger? Um, uh, probably the passenger. Just like sleep. <laughs> Not a very good passenger. Well, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, what movie makes you cry every time? Um, oh, man. What's that one with Macaulay Culkin? And... Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Where he gets like stung by all the bees and then... Oh, um, something girl. Yes. People will know. People will know what you're talking about <laughs> okay. eventually. But I know what you're talking about, and that is a good one. Um, what profession, other than your own, would you love to try? Uh, when, I, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a firefighter. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Those are good answers. I like them. I like them. Um, Stacy, thanks for your time. I know, uh, you know, I know we're all at home and we're, but we're still busy and we still have stuff to do. So I really appreciate your time this morning. Um, ladies and gentlemen watching, uh, Stacy Weldon, truly a kind, thoughtful, uh, inspirational, wonderful, all-around person. Uh, and you. you well, we're lucky to have you in our climate community and I hope that we keep you in our climate community for a long time. So. Same to you. We're lucky to have you. Well, thank you. Um, it's fun, right? It's the, this is the stuff that keeps it engaging. And this is the stuff that makes us want to stay involved. And we built this community around ourselves that we need to maintain. And I think we're all doing a really good job of it. And this, the idea of, you know, talking to people like yourself is that 
people can't go to the gym right now. People okay. miss the people and you know, who are your training partners and you know, how much more time do you spend chatting in the gym than you do climbing? <laughs> Mucho. Mucho. So this is an opportunity for us to, to, to reconnect and, and stay involved with people. And, and I think that uh, it's important. And I think that it's cool that we get to talk a little bit about history uh, and we get to talk a little bit about, you know, the things that brought people to climbing, the things that kept them there and the things that make them different. And, you know, uh, you're one of those people. So it was super cool. And I think, uh, in the gym. Uh, and I think we need to remember that we should be connecting and, and keep that community rolling. So I yeah. uh, hope I get to see you soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks.